What are we calling him? Robert. Oh, this ball is absolutely blistered. Left center field, long run, Luis Robert got it! He's going to be an absolute beast for, you know, the next 10 to 20 years. A grand slam for Luis Robert. Luis Robert got a hooker and just buried it out there. I've seen a lot of underarm mannequins that look like that. You will see. You're going to be the next Mike Trump. Oh boy, Luis Robert, look out to the concourse. In Cuba, siempre se pronuncia Luis Robert. Luis provides a special combination of power and speed. A combination of Andrew Jones and Bo Jackson. And even oohs and ahs buzzing from this crowd on how far and how loud that home run was. This one had that sound. American League, National League, get ready because Luis Robert is coming. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Tanny and Herb. Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. Coming to you after a White Sox thumping, a whooping of the Kansas City Royals, 9-2, a sweep. And with me, as always, is Chris Tannehill. Chris, how you feeling after that sweep? I don't know. Let me ask Bill Walton. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge, Division Street. Let's go. Sweeping the Royals was one of the greatest joys in life. And this episode of Lockdown Luis Robert, Episode 2, is brought to you by rockauto.com. Did you guys know that chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers? Well, it's true. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and always reliably low. rockauto.com offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear, sort of like how airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. That's probably my favorite part about the website. You just go in there, find the auto parts you're looking for, pay for it, and that's it. Just wait for the parts to show up at your door. No forgetting email account logins and passwords and all that stuff. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Just go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications and prices that you prefer so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and don't forget this part so important right locked on in there how'd you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and don't forget our promo code locked on yeah, so a quick recap of the game today. The Sox are big-time winners today in Kansas City by a score of 9-2, to two, improving to 5-4. and four. The Sox are above 500 on the season, and uh, you know we talked about it beforehand, but if the Sox wanted to be a playoff team, they're going to have to beat teams like the team that was trotted out there this weekend in the Royals, and oof, that's a, that's a tough outfit there in Kansas City. Usually they, mm-hmm. all, they always give the Sox problems no matter what, but this team was, oof, I, there was... Even Whit Merrifield was pretty much uh, held at bay this weekend, but but a huge weekend for the Sox. Going to uh, face Mo- uh, the Brewers in Milwaukee tomorrow, and things are looking pretty decent here compared to where they were a week ago, Herb, sitting at 5-4. and four. I like it. 
Yeah, when we were talking last week after the doubleheader loss to the Cleveland Indians, the White Sox were in last place, and it looked very bleak. Nick, uh, Nick Delmonico was starting a lot of games, and he looked poor in all of them. Now, after this Sunday game, the White Sox are in second place. A four-game winning streak right behind the Minnesota Twins, who are now 7-2. The White Sox are 5-4, and four, tied with the Detroit Tigers, but... Looks like the White Sox have the edge over them. So, yeah, things are looking up. Players are looking good. I'm feeling a little bit better about where this direction of the team is going. After a week, we feel a little bit different. And it's, uh, you know, usually in this short season, you would be like, man, uh, fortunes can't be changing that quickly. But from, like, Wednesday to Sunday, fortunes just change. It matters the opponent you play. And I thought the Royals would give the White Sox all they can handle. Not the case. And another encouraging thing is a starting pitching, not getting the offense in an early deficit. Dylan Sees rebounds off of his tough first outing of the year. He responds today with six innings pitched, five hits, two earned runs, one walk, four strikeouts, giving up uh, the home run uh, early in the game. But pretty much uh, held the Royals at bay today, and that was good to see. You know, that this is more of the Dylan Sees I thought we were going to see at the onset of the season. So the things are looking good and the offense coming together a little bit, leaving lots of men on base. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, when you're, when you're getting a lot of hits, you know, that that'll happen sometimes. So I'll, I'm, I have a little more leeway as far as that goes, but they're getting guys on base and sometimes you get the big hit, Sometimes you don't, but the opportunities are there, which, which you have to like. And, you know, you mentioned those young players and how it's looking good today. This is the Luis Robert episode two, where we, where we locked on Luis Robert, where we track Luis over the course of his rookie campaign, and just kind of see how he's doing, uh, uh, you know, in the league and and how he's faring against the pitchers, what they're doing against him, how he's responding, adjustments made on and off the field, and, and no better way to start this by if you're listening to this on Monday, it's the Luis Robert birthday edition. He is 23 years young uh, on Monday, so happy birthday, Luis. What are you doing on the road in Milwaukee to celebrate your 23rd birthday, Herb? I'm going to the Fister Hotel. That's a actual place. Fister. I barely know her. Thank you. Um, yeah, and so uh, seeing some ghosts, apparently they have it there. I've actually never been to Milwaukee other than when I was going to Carroll College in my freshman year in 1996 the bus terminal there to go out to Waukesha and all the games I've gone to Miller Park. Otherwise, I've never been to Milwaukee. I've heard it's a decent Midwest city. You know, most Midwest cities are terrible, but the people I get reports back from, they love going up to Milwaukee, the good land. Exactly right, Alice Cooper. Um, Yeah, I don't have uh, much association with Milwaukee. I don't think I've ever spent any I mean, I've been to Miller Park a bunch of times, but it's, they have it set up. If you've ever been there, they've, they, it's set up so basically you jump right off the expressway and you're in the, pulp, the parking lot of the ballpark. So there's no real wiggle room to experience the city and the surrounding area. you know. So I, I don't have a lot of associations with, with Milwaukee, but maybe I've been sleeping on it all these years. My, my lone association with Milwaukee, other than Wayne's World, as you just mentioned, was they had a, a great hip-hop show uh, for many years that – the WMSE, uh, the Milwaukee School of Engineering, uh, they had a great mm-hmm. uh, hip-hop show there called the Late Night Hype Show, which was on from like 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. where you know, I listened to that a lot uh, growing up and also like, you know, just in the scene, Aaron Wade and JB were the guys that did that show. And if like it was, they became synonymous with the Milwaukee hip-hop scene and but, but basically just hosting people that would come through from Chicago 
and the guys up in Minneapolis, you know, it was a good spot in between when guys were like touring or whatever. They'd always stop by uh, to the late night hype show. But that was my only really association with Milwaukee. So hopefully it's an uneventful 23rd birthday night in Milwaukee for Luis Robert tonight because the Sox so far following their protocols, uh, you know, all signs pointing to everyone's buying in and being responsible. Um, you know, they've they, they've been on the road a week now, so good early reports from the road, unlike uh, some other teams around baseball. And we'll get to that possibly later on this week about all the troubles that baseball is having. But you came here to check in on the birthday boy, Luis Robert, and he's played about a week in the bigs this point. And let's go back to opening day. Uh, he, the anticipation for me on opening day, there was a lot, of course, surrounding the White Sox, and finally they're getting going, ready to play in 2020. But I found myself just as hyped uh, about seeing Luis Robert. How much of, of seeing him for the first time in a real game, how much of that was a part of like the opening day uh, energy for you? That was a large part of that because, as we have said on this podcast before, people tell every single body, that Luis Robert is special. He's not just a good prospect, but he's going to be great and better than the guys you have already on the team. And Yoan's great and Eloy's great, but Luis is going to be the guy. And so I wanted to see this firsthand. I saw the stats last year and I saw a couple of games of AAA. I was like, will this translate? The summer camp looked good. He looked like he was locked in, especially that home run he had off a of CC check to the back row of the seats and left. So I was like, you know, let's see real live bullets, people with money on the line and careers on the line, see how he performs. And the kid hasn't disappointed. I, I'm just, I haven't seen anything from him that I haven't expected in a poor way, in a, po- a negative way. Everything I've seen out of him that I've been surprised of is that he's really fucking fast. I didn't realize. Like when somebody says they're fast, I'm like, okay, cool. That's good. But that ball he hit the other day, it was a tailor-made double play to the shortstop. He didn't even beat that out. He was cruising past first base when the ball arrived finally to the first baseman. I was like, wow. And the the metrics on that, he ran 30 feet per second, which Jesus. is elite. <laughs> MLB average is like 27 feet per second. So that's just giving you a perspective that of how fast this guy was running down the line. So, yeah, he's exceeded my expectations to this point in his first week plus of MLB baseball. Yeah, so the expectations were built up, and I'm trying to think of all the guys that have made their debut. It's hard to rank which is the most memorable because when Moncada came up, that was in the middle of the year, he had his own day. Kopech the same, and it's a little different energy with the starting pitcher. Eloy was, you know, that's the only comp really to Robert because it was on opening day. So you have all the festivities of opening day that kind of like mask the excitement for, for watching one guy. So yeah, it, the, the in terms of the fanfare for someone making their big league debut, it gets a little lost on opening day. But uh, yeah, but Robert certainly the anticipation was there, and he didn't wait long. Uh, to uh, sort of give us something to be excited about. So his first at-bat, he's going up against Jose Barrios of the Twins, and this is what he did. First pitch here from Barrios is a breaking ball slash to left field. So Robert hits a mistake on a curve. Barrios tried to sneak over a breaking ball first pitch strike, and he didn't sneak anything as we will watch the chain of custody. We missed it so much. 
Moncada says this is yours and then wants to give it away very quickly. Hey, Luis, I got this for you. Here, somebody take this. That was like the part that did suck about not having fans in the stands. They couldn't do the fake out, which is like kind of baked in. Everyone knows that it's coming when you get your first hit. You know, they got the camera shot to the dugout. I think it only worked on one guy where they where they do a fake out and they pretend like they're throwing your first hit into the stands. I think it might have been Chris Getz, I think, when he got his first hit, if I can remember that far back in my mind. But they, they did, did a thing where they pretended to throw the ball into the stands and it might have been Orlando Cabrera that did it and he was a pro at that point in terms of faking out a, a young rookie but yeah there's there was no anticipation of him possibly giving his first hit ball back so that that was kind of a like oh yeah there's no fans in the stands but uh, about that first base hit 115.8 miles an hour on the exit velocity and that was the highest exit velocity on a first hit of any player debuting since stat cast began so not bad not bad for your first hit that was a rocket shot off Barrios, sir yeah and think about it like the sack has been around for at least five years i believe yeah all the players that have gone through all the new hot players like not pete alonzo not Fernando Tatis, not any of these guys you associate with power and strength, but a guy who's built like a, a safety is out here just murdering balls. On the first pitch off of a quality pitcher where the White Sox pretty much took Jose Barrios to, to the woodshed that day. But, uh, yeah, I was very impressed with that at bat. He didn't waste any time. He was like, okay, you're going to feature this. I'm going to be swinging. He's a free swinger, which I'm all for. The man knows what he wants to hit, and I see Kansas City try to do some some different things to him today. And he adjusted, and you know didn't have a great game, but he still had a couple good quality at bats. And I love that the kid is kind of like what Abreu was in his first year, where you can do something to the kid, and if he doesn't fix it by the same at bat, by the next at bat, if you're featuring that same stuff, it won't work because the kid is adjusted to you that quickly. And a little fun fact, a little Sox trivia for your friends, Herb. Feel free to break this one out uh, the next time you're at a gathering. Did you know that the White Sox once had Fernando Tatis? Did they? <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not, they had him, and they traded him. For why, why would they? What Did they give him away or something? Who would do that? Uh, Rick Hahn supposedly would do that. You know, some jackass traded Tatis. Yeah, so you can put that one on your friends. Like, hey, did you guys know this? One of the best young players in baseball. He was a White Sox prospect for about five minutes. Uh, anyway. I will, I will uh, tell my people. I hope they will not be mad about that. Go ahead. Feel free. Go ahead. All right, so he had another base hit in that opening night. Uh, he had a rocket shot, uh, opposite field double. But then on Sunday, here's what happens when he goes up against Kenta Maeda. Luis Robert gone to center field. Way back there. It carries and gets out of here. Find that baseball and hand it to number 88. Bring him home for the first time as a White Sox player. Looking good in the uh, 83 throwbacks with the Nike swoosh on them. Like, that's the first time I saw a jersey this year. I'm like, ooh, you know, maybe. I know you're not a fan of the 83s, but Luis sure looked good. He made them look good rounding uh, the bases after his first home run. And it sounded like Stoney knew it yes. immediately. gone. <laughs> gone. Like, it sounded as if. And I knew that day the wind was blowing out fiercely. And I think the Twins took advantage of that early when they got up on us. But I didn't think it was a home run on, off the bat. The sound was great. 
And then when the guy just kept on drifting, drifting back, I was like, oh, my God, he hit the first home run. And it was great to see. But Stoney is just amazing. <laughs> he heard the sound and saw what it did. It's like, gone. I don't need to even see anymore. I'm good. And that's the thing about him. You're like – they say this about a lot of guys, you know, before they even make their debut and, 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 and young superstars like, oh, you just you, you know, he's got that special sound to it. But now, you know, you sort of forget about it. And it's just one of those things that baseball people say. But with Luis Robert, I'm starting to believe it like he really does barrel it up almost every single time and hit it hard. And you can definitely tell when he when he gets a hold of one. And we'll get into the uh, the advanced metrics later on in the uh, podcast here and tell you just how good he's been but yeah it's it, it's it's quite Abreu did have that sound that that's a good comp that you made earlier I remember Abreu when he first came up he sort of had that that sound of just barreling it up every single time and, and hitting it hard so it was an underwhelming performance by the White Sox uh, in that opening series against the Twins but not necessarily for Luis he was able to get those milestones out of the way and we saw that with uh, Nick Madrigal making his debut where it's like sometimes you feel like that first hit will just never come but he gets it out of the way in his first pitch he ever sees gets the first home run out of the way uh, in the first series he ever plays and then the Sox move on to Cleveland and this was a big point in the ball game on the 29th against the Indians and the Sox were on the verge of, of getting swept. Um, they were struggling to find a hit, and finally they break through in the top of the ninth in Cleveland, and then Luis Robert puts the game out of reach with this two-run single. 2-0. Two oh. Robert up the middle, into center field. That's a base hit. Abreu scores. Dolan's on his way home. It is 4-0 Sox. Luis Robert straight up the middle. He got a bash in the head from Santana, and he'll take the two runs. Thank you. Just did what he wanted to do, what the pitcher was giving him. Drove it right back up the box. Simple single. Drives in two. It's good to see the kid already. It's nine games into his career, maybe ten. I don't know. Let's see. Nine games into his career, and the kid is just seeming like this is not too hard. I commented to Courtney. I was like, this guy, and the pitcher was on the mound. I was like, this guy cannot get Luis Robert out in the zone. Like, if he pitches this pitch in the zone, it will be a hit no matter what. And that's what happened. I just felt that confident. The kid, anything in the zone, that kid is hitting. And he's hitting hard. You get him by going outside the zone right now. Like, I'm surprised that they haven't done more what Kansas City was doing today where they struck him out twice was throwing sliders. Slider, slider, sliders. And the one hit that he did get was a mistake slider in the middle of the plate. That's what I'm talking about. You cannot get him out inside the strike zone. You got to do the outside, the ball that's tailing from a pitcher from right to left outside the box, and he'll swing at it sometimes. But the scouting force got to get around to the teams. Don't pitch him anything inside the zone because this four-hit game they had yesterday, two of those hits were up and in, and there are curveballs, and he murdered them. And that's one of the things on the scouting report that we didn't really hear much about 
was his quick hands. And Stoney was talking about that on the broadcast last night, just how quickly he gets those hands through the zone and he can adjust and, 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 and take advantage of those pitches that are not necessarily center cut, but he can just do damage of anything that's close. And we were not told about his quick hands really almost at all when we heard all the scouting reports and all the comps. A lot of people talked about the speed and the raw power and certainly his outfield ability. But yeah, just, just the, the hand quickness there. It's, it's, it's one of the things that, that has impressed me most about Robert in the early going here and then of course last night in Kansas City Luis Robert has probably the best night of his career and here's what he does last night a, a pretty awesome milestone Robert slices the ball to right center field Starling back at the wall it is gone oh easy power from 88 and it's five nothing socks you could hear it and you could pretty much tell by the reaction of Starling in center field that that one wasn't coming back. They're in the top four spots. So, yeah, so Luis Robert last night, how about this for a night? Have a night, Luis. He goes four for six, two RBI, two runs scored, and it's his best game as a professional here in his first week against the Royals, uh, and I hope he dominates the Royals for the next decade. Yeah, and remember, it's his first time also leading off and, you know, the whole Ricky thing and our thing, too, was like, we don't want Luis Robert to be leading off because it's a lot of pressure to put on a young kid. He does it in his first game and he goes four for six, a rocket home run, a double. Um, the man's just a stud, two doubles, actually. He was a triple shot of the cycle. So I, I, there's there's not enough adjectives, not enough words to describe how well he's done in his first nine games in the big leagues. And that's not even that we even touched on the defense he's done. Like he that one play where he's in Cleveland, he's in straightaway center field. The ball's hit kind of in right center, but more right right field than center. And he ranges over with easy speed and gets in front of Little Lurie and catches the ball in front of him. And Lurie's like, dude, I called it. And Luis Robert is probably to the way Lurie's reacting. He's like, dude, I, you know, I'm the center field. I can call that. And then Lurie's just looking at the bullpen, smiling. He's like, this dude right here, man, come on. What's going on? But for him to do that, I was amazed by how fast he got over there and easily caught that ball. He wasn't like huffing and puffing. He didn't catch it the last second. He was camped. And here's what Eloy said about a, a similar circumstance such as that in Cleveland. Now he showed the people he can play at his level. You know, Luis took a ball from uh, Lurie in right field the other night. Uh, are you prepared for him to do something similar to you and left at some point this year? I, I didn't expect that, you know, because he, he played hard and he got a lot of range. So that happened to me the other day. I said, I got it. He said, get out of here. So Luis just tells Eloy, ooh, get out the way, boy. And, <laughs> and Luis Robert leads baseball now with three defensive runs saved, and he – his most important contribution out there is going to be keeping Eloy healthy. Now, if only he could keep Eloy from running into the wall, he'd be yeah. really doing us a, a big service here. But, yeah, that's keeping the, the guys in the corner spots healthy and safe out there who might be one of his biggest contributions to the team. But he's going and getting everything out there. And that's been – it's kind of been almost – unimpressive in a way because he makes everything look so routine out there and he's camped under balls that usually guys are making diving catches or in mid stride to get and he certainly had his share of those but it's just easy motion out there and he gets great jumps on the ball too gets great reads and again this is one of the best 
guys out there in center field I can remember in, in my White Sox fandom. And just it's it's really got to be a comforting factor for the starting pitchers out there to know that a guy like him's out there in center field. Yeah, um, I, I think it's very much a relief. I mean, we know White Sox defense in the past hasn't been great. Even Adam Engel, who is kind of known for his defensive speed, is not this guy. He's a different breed. He's a guy like this is amazing. Like he didn't like he didn't start playing ball until later in his life. And it just seems like he's like when the White Sox picked him up, he looked like a skinny string bean. I was like, I get the hype, but this kid looks like he can't, you know, can't even pick up a bat. Now he looks like a, a safety. He's built. He's fast as hell. He gets great jumps and then he Gets to a ball quickly, and there's nobody out there that I trust more than him. I mean, when we have the Adam Engel in right field, I'm like, man, two-thirds of the outfield is covered. We're good. It's kind of like back in the day when Kansas City had Lozo Kane, and you would hit a ball in the gap, and you're like, here we go. There's a double. And then he would somehow just get the ball, but he would be diving. Luis Robert is like Andrew Jones in that regard where there's no dives. There's no jumping for the ball. There's Smooth strides, and he's getting to the ball because he's got that much makeup speed. I'm going to tell you guys about how we finally may have a, a, an MLB social media darling. We may have our, our Javi Baez, our, our Mike Trout, someone that you see clips of all the time on social media, and I'll tell you about that in a second after I tell you about our friends at CBDMD. Now, it doesn't matter if you're pro athletes, a stay-at-home parent, maybe a podcaster, radio producer like us, or you just spend eight hours in an uncomfortable office chair. I can relate to that. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our good friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets a little chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover is a product that combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBMD has to offer, they're offering you guys, our Locked On Sox listeners, 25% off your next order when you use the promo code locked on mlb at checkout once again that's cbdmd.com and the promo code is locked on mlb and that'll get you 25 percent off your purchase of superior cbd oil products from cbdmd all right so i mentioned that you're seeing a lot of stuff from luis robert on social media and matt kelly from mlb.com wrote a great piece on robert sort of chronicling a lot of the things that we're talking about now just for someone who hasn't gotten a chance to watch Luis Robert, it's basically like, here's what you've been missing. But also one of the funny things, you mentioned that that routine ground ball uh, that he beat out, for the double play ground ball that he beat out easily. MLB Pipeline tweeted out a link to that play. And that was the first time ever that I've seen MLB Pipeline tweet out a link to a fielder's choice. So that's how scary good that Luis Robert's been of late. And you're going to see a lot of him uh, in your timeline. And the advanced metrics back it all up. Here's how Luis Roberts faring so far as far as the advanced metrics go. This courtesy of Baseball Savant. And you get back to that speed. Sprint speed, he's in the 100th percentile. So last time, yeah, let me check my math there. Yeah, that's as good as you can get. Um, the barrel percentage, he's at 71, which is you know slightly above average. 
Uh, outfielder jumps at 79, so our instincts and, and our eye is, is telling us the truth there. He gets really good jumps on the ball. Um, his exit velocity in the 71st percentile, which is, you know, it's it's really good, and you consider Eloy is like up in the 90th percentile because Eloy is having a great year so far, and we haven't really been talking about him a lot, but Eloy is steadily having a great start to the year. Eloy's barreling the shit out of it every time he's up there too. His hard hit percentage, his hard hit percentage, 74 percentile, and some of the areas that he is struggling a little bit, his K percentage, the strikeout percentage is down in the 20th percentile, and that's sort of what you mentioned earlier. He's still... Go, you know, sort of finding his way a bit, and you'd like to see him make more contact, but he's got, like we said, the hands and the strength, you know, where he's not going to struggle too often, uh, you know, when, when pitchers get the best of him. You know, more often than not, he is going to find a way to put the bat on it because of those quick hands. He's got the raw athleticism sort of to make up for a lot of those inefficiencies there. Uh, another area he's got to work on, the whiff percentage. He's only in the 11th percentile. And in the uh, the weighted on base average, he's uh, middle of the road at the 43rd percentile. So, so far, so good for Luis Robert. And everything that you're seeing out there is is pretty much right, lockstep with what the metrics are saying. And sometimes these metrics, they'll they'll sort of, you know, point you in the direction like, oh, maybe I wasn't seeing that. But with Luis Robert, you're pretty much seeing everything on display right there for you. And another stat that I saw in the game a couple nights ago and we talk about how pitchers are approaching Luis Robert. He has seen 30.5% fastballs. So that's like the lowest percent that's of fastballs. Yeah. yeah, it's the lowest percent of fastballs. He's right ahead of Corey Seager, who's who's second place. But he's seeing 30% fastballs. So already pitchers know we're not going to challenge him with fastballs. And still, Luis Robert's putting together a great week. So there's some encouraging signs there. Certainly things to build off of. But other things, you know, that, that, that are pretty encouraging so far. So it's been fun to watch. And Sox Nerd had a great thing that he put out there, too, the other day. Um, so the list of White Sox players to log a four-hit game uh, in his first eight games in baseball. Um, some of these names on this list it came up during the game again today. Ping Bodie in 1911. What do you remember about Ping Bodie? <laughs> and also absolutely nothing yeah uh brago roth 1914 um art shires 1928 charlie english 1932 jim busby 1950 jim McEnany, uh 1959 and okay so here's some guys we remember now 1998 craig wilson and number, yes. and the last player to do it 2018 against the Royals also was Daniel Polka, who actually, ironically today, he just signed a contract in the KBO, and I say ironically because he took the roster spot of Tyler Saladino. So it's like, yay, Daniel Polka caught on somewhere. It's like, oh, at the expense of, of Salad? No, that's not good. So, yeah. Salad was doing well out there until he got hurt. He was, yeah. So, you know, just to put it in a little context, it doesn't happen often for a White Sox player to get four hits uh, in his first eight games, and you can add Nick Madrigal to that list today too, who uh, who had four hits today, I believe, right? He had, Nicky had four today. Yes, he did. Yeah, so pretty encouraging. And, and and we were talking about it beforehand. Some of the cornerstone pieces here of the franchise for the next decade or so, Madrigal. Eloy and Robert all did something pretty cool in the lineup today, and we hope to see that a bunch of more times over the next 10 years. Yeah, all those three guys in the last two days got their first four-hit game of their careers. So Eloy, after a year-plus in the league, got his first four-hit game yesterday. The magic of Luis Robert 
got his first four hit game in his ninth game, I believe. Let's see whether the White Sox five and four, eighth yeah. game of his career. And then today, Nicky the Kid, Nick the Stick, <laughs> whatever you want to call him, got his first four hit game, went four for five today, four straight singles, and then a hard ball to um, to Sal Perez that robbed him of his fifth hit. I was gonna go wild. I was gonna I had a gif all ready for him about Nicky the kid's fifth hit, but he only got four hits. But that's special. You have all young players, two rookies right there, getting four hit games and early season action. I don't care if it's Kansas City Royals. They're still a major league outfit and before the White Sox played them they were had a decent record. And to get four hits in a game is not easy. So for these kids to do it early in their careers Kudos. It's really, really uh, shines a light on the future and that the White Sox are talented currently and for the future, they're going to be dumb good. And the White Sox, you know, continue to, to fortify that Cuban pipeline. And there was something that happened in the lineup yesterday, too, where it was the first four hitters, all of Cuban born descent, getting four hits in a ball game. So you had Robert, Moncada, Grandal and Abreu all getting four hits it was the first time that that's happened with players that were born in Cuba. So that, that's pretty cool, man. That, a lot, lot, we're seeing a lot of firsts here, finally. After years and years of waiting throughout the rebuild for the talent to get here, now all of a sudden that the talent's all here in front of you and you're seeing guys, you know, my dad was texting me today. He goes, oh, magical. Pencil them in like for, for the next, you know, the 10 years. I'm like, yeah, you're, there's a lot of guys out there who could probably do that. So it's, it's a good feeling. You know, again, maybe someone will get dealt down the line for you know front end starting pitcher or if they need to have a, a, a gaping hole in the bullpen you may see one of these guys go but for now it certainly looks like you know for the first time and I don't remember how long the Sox have all their options pretty much as you look all the way around the diamond they have guys that'll be there for a while so it's, it's good to see and we're going to do something here on the Lockdown Luis Robert episode where we're going to track we're going to call it the race for Roy the race for the rookie of the year and right now it's just a two-man race I think you have Mm -hmm. of course Luis Robert and you have from the Mariners Kyle Lewis who's really putting on a show out there on uh, on the west coast if you haven't been able to watch any Mariners games they're they're turning around a little bit you know they're they're starting to to put some talent out there and Kyle Lewis is is one of those guys so as it stands right now Luis Robert's already good for eight-tenths of a win already uh, through through nine games. And you look at Kyle Lewis, he's good for a half a win. So other areas, too, to look at here versus Robert versus Lewis. You've got the uh, batting average. Kyle Lewis is hitting 444, 444, while Robert's at 364. But the uh, on-base percentage, Lewis is, is hitting 500. He's getting on base at a 500 clip, and Robert at 382. So – there's a lot there's a lot of similarities here the numbers are very close they've each got two home runs so this will be an interesting race here uh kyle lewis by the way good for a 1.111 ops and robert's good for a 1019 ops so that's an interesting race to watch here and if you haven't had a chance to check out kyle lewis out there in seattle certainly do that but the two young outfielders in baseball to watch out for for a long time but uh, a pretty good week for the Sox. They rebounded off of a, a rough start there. Now they're sitting above 500 going into Milwaukee, Herbie, and things are looking up for Robert and the Sox. So I'm looking forward to this week, us breaking down that Brewer series. Um, they haven't played since Wednesday, I believe, because of what happened with the Cardinals. So it'll be interesting to see how they respond there. But uh, hopefully the Sox can keep it rolling uh, on this road trip up to Milwaukee. Yeah, and 
the Brewers not playing, it's because it seems like the Cardinals, some of them, were being irresponsible with their time and not realizing we're still in a pandemic. People, I don't know if you guys are listening know that. We're still in a pandemic, and it will take uh, actions of people like the Marlins going to some place in Atlanta and the Cardinals maybe going to a casino, allegedly, to ruin this season. And the one thing we don't want is the season ruined because the Sox have a future and the Sox have a present right now where if the playoffs were to start after this, they would be in the playoffs right now. Not the wild card, but in the actual playoffs. So let's keep this momentum going. Let's not let these guys off the hook if they're doing dumb things. You, you know, people are going to catch this thing by no fault of their own, but it seems like the Marlins and the Cardinals, they're having lack of judgment by just one person. That's all it takes. And then you see the outbreak from the Marlins, 18 players. And the Cardinals now have more than six players or more than six members of their traveling team with COVID positivity rates. So I'm looking forward to this Brewers series because they've been sitting at home, quarantining themselves and not playing baseball. And I wonder if a couple days rest will rejuvenate them. But it just started the season, so they weren't really tired. And with Lozo Kane now, opting out of the year that will help the white Sox as far as him not catching balls in the damn gap like i told you before even though he's old as fuck he still does things like that and if the white Sox were on the schedule i know he would have been looking forward to that and robbing us anytime he can and then hitting a monster home run so bernie can go down the slide do you think the Brewers got out of shape like I did uh, during quarantine? It's only since Wednesday, but do you think they've put on about 10, 15 pounds, each of them? What are the chances you think? You know, Is that probably not even possible? Yellow's going to come out there and looking like uh, Pete Davidson. <laughs> Got a beer all, all frail. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll be back to, to uh, do the post-game recap for that on Monday night. Uh, hopefully they, that game gets in and uh, – yeah, man, baseball is just it's crazy right now. But but you know the White Sox keep me hopeful, man. Like it seems like Manfred's going to press on regardless. And the White Sox are giving you know I just I worry that this thing's going to get the 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 rug's going to be pulled out from under us here. But even if it was, there's it's certainly out of no control uh, of anyone really uh, other than the virus, which I've been told many times the virus will dictate everything. Um, but you know if if the season were to end right now. Yes, it would suck, but it's it's cool to at least see this plan in place through just over a week uh, for the White Sox. So the, the the signs are there. So it's that's the only thing that's keeping me going. I, this thing could end at any minute, but just for right, for right now, last night I was just enjoying sitting there with uh, you know one of the last uh, Ballast Point uh, swinging Friar ales, and I was sitting there watching the game, and I was like, you know what? Life isn't so bad all the time, so uh, hopefully they can continue on, and hopefully people can continue to mask up and and slow the spread of this thing, man. You know, it's 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 unbelievable. But anyway, without getting into getting into more depressing news, but that that's all I got for you today. We're supposed to be talking about Luis Robert, not a virus. Maybe Luis Robert can cure the virus. Do you think he's got a vaccine? Do you think if you t- if you take like the the venom of Luis Robert, <laughs> do you think you you can you can cure coronavirus? It's worth a shot at this point. I mean, he'll outrun it. Let some bitch try to get him. He'll he'll go past it. He won't be ca- caught at all. It might uh put a coronavirus in a bind. Uh, but yeah, anything anything to slow this stop or slow the spread of this 
deadly virus. We're still talking about it in August. It's August, and we're still talking about it. Damn it. We just it. did like two months of just shutting down. We've been cool. We'd had college basketball on the way. Oh, who NFL cares? On the way. Who cares about college basketball? All the good stuff that now all my teams are good. Like the Illini are good. Sox are good. The Bears might be even decent this year. Your Blackhawks? Looking for that oh, upset? Blackhawks are great. You know, you know, I'm a big time hockey guy. Big time, I actually yeah. watched a little bit of the Blackhawks. Well, the of course, day. I did too. Decent. Yeah, I it was mean, decent. Yeah. The man, uh, yeah, scoring goals. That's good. Six great, to four win. Great analysis. Um, yeah, you. Yeah, hey, I know Jay doesn't do the lockdown Blackhawks anymore, but you know, I can take over <laughs> if you guys need it. I know they got a new guy in there. Congratulations, Jack oh. Bushman. By Cracky, yeah, good for exactly. Jack. He inherited yeah, a, a real I, dynasty there. I looked him there. up and I was like, "Wow, Jack Bushman." Jack, he Bu- does the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. So if you're listening to this, go and check him out. He's got probably the recap of the six to four win over the Edmonton Oilers. And I don't know when they next play, but uh, you could check Tomorrow, out his podcast Monday night. Monday night, we're we're having a watch party at your house. I thought you said. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Damn it! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Jack Bushman's got all your. Blackhawks coverage on Locked On Blackhawks. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, now lock it out for us. Well, it is Herb Lawrence here, and we're done right here with Locked On Luis. Episode number two, he is really good. Episode number three, I find, I'm going to look for adjectives to describe this guy because we're running out of him. Um, we need to know exactly how good this guy is. So episode three is coming on later this week. We're going to be expanding our uh, coverage of Locked On Luis for this four-game set versus the Brewers. And I think the Cleveland Windian come back into Chicago for the weekend. So enjoyable times this week. If the White Sox can come out uh, four and three, I'll be very happy. Anything better than that? Mercy. The White Sox will be in a great position. So for Chris Tannehill, follow him at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. I'm Herb Lawrence. Follow me, ActorWall23. On Twitter, follow the show, Locked On Socks, there at Locked On Socks. And if you want to send us an email for our Mailbag Monday show, it is LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. That is LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. So let's let Tim Anderson close us out here. Well, I just want to walk from Maritime Plan. And they did, even without TA in the lineup with that that groin injury. So that that's all we got. And really, we could use some more emails for that Monday mailbag. If not, we'll we'll, we'll roll on with the game recap. But yeah, that's that's all we got. So thanks for listening to Locked On White Sox.